0: July 29th, 2022. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Ah, we woke up to a little bit of rain this morning, just a passing shower. It's going to be a nice day today in the 80s, low 80s. Blue skies. It's been really clear out here recently. Great time to walk in the woods, enjoy the peak of summer here in the greatest nation on God's green earth. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed yet, run over to AffirmAmerica.com, drop your email address in there. We'll shoot you out an email when a new episode drops. Today is our top five headlines for this Friday morning. Let's get started with headline number five. Mexico City's residents annoyed with influx of Americans' gentrification. From the Daily Mail, residents of Mexico City are getting fed up with Americans moving south from California to enjoy cheap real estate while working from home. One TikTok influencer even called it modern-day colonialism, as Americans have brought upscale coffee shops and Pilates studios, according to the Los Angeles Times. They even reported seeing flyers around the city saying, New to the city? Working remotely? You're an effing plague, and the locals effing hate you. Leave. The number of Americans moving to the Mexican capital has raised rents in the area, and a noticeable shift in language from Spanish to English. The U.S. State Department says that at least 1.6 million Americans currently reside in Mexico, but it's unknown how many of those people are in Mexico City. Over 1.2 million foreign visitors came through Mexico City's airport in the first four months of 2022. Fernando Bustos Gorspe, a writer and university professor, said, We're the only brown people. We're the only people speaking Spanish except the waiters. From Los Angeles Times, clear financial incentives are drawing Americans to Mexico City, where the average local salary is $450 a month. For the cost of a $2,000 one-bedroom in Koreatown, an Angelino can rent a penthouse here. Okay, so this is, uh, this is what's going to happen when you get high inflationary rates. You get California's high taxation and regulations and homelessness. Crime rates running through the roof. You get people fleeing your, your state and now your country. If you think Governor Newsom's going to run for president in 2024, it ain't going to happen. We're going to do everything we can to throw that guy out because we don't want to turn America into California where everybody's leaving the state. You can't really blame those people moving down to Mexico City. They can't live in California with high gas prices. So they can work remotely down in Mexico City for pennies and uh, have a nice nice penthouse for what they would pay $2,000 for in Los Angeles. So let this be a clear lesson that if you're living in a democratic city with these radical leftist ideas, defunding the police, crime, going through the roof, regulations, high taxes, all the things that we're uh, well aware of, don't forget to vote in the midterms. All right, headline number four Sesame Street theme park sued for $25 million in racial discrimination lawsuit. From the Daily Wire, a Baltimore family filed a $25 million lawsuit against Sesame Place, a theme park in Pennsylvania, claiming their daughters were the targets of racial discrimination after being ignored by characters in costume. The filing comes not long after a video of a Sesame Place employee dressed as Rosita seemingly ignored two black girls during a parade went viral online, sparking nationwide outrage and accusations of racism. Social media was flooded with examples of similar incidents that allegedly took place at the amusement park, which only helped fuel the fury. From the Daily Mail, the lawyer claimed the incident is not isolated and 25 to 30 other families have come forward with videos of similar incidents over the years. He is now calling for the theme park to pay for the girls' mental health expenses and claims as one is in isolation. Congressional Black Caucus members are reportedly seeking a meeting with leaders of the park. From Fox News reporter Chad Pergram Congressional Black Caucus is requiring and requesting an audience with Sesame Park President and General Manager Kathy Ballerino to discuss the changes, plans of action, and training the park plans to implement. Well, boy, a couple ways of looking at this. um, You know, the hyper-tension about racism and how people are so sensitive about such little picky things and the fact that there's also a lot of money in this. A lot of the race hustlers are out there making big paydays when they sue them for $25 million for something that is really so small, petty. And uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's easy enough to go in and maybe talk to the, to the teams over there to be a little more sensitive to who they speak to. But I mean, there's a lot of people in the crowd. And if you're just focusing on race, you can you know, make a big deal about it. But not everybody gets a chance to shake the hand of the costume person and if you're looking for racial issues, then you can always find them. And you can all oh, see, it's all about race. It's all about race because you're just so hyper-focused on it. So it's a big problem. The left is pushing this. It's really very intentional, trying to divide us down racial lines. And we just, uh, we need to push back on it because it's, uh, it's not helping the racial issue. The more you focus on it, and it's just something that a lot of times is just driven by big paydays. All right, headline number three, tensions intensify as Xi cautions Biden over Taiwan. From Axios, President Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping had a contentious exchange on Taiwan in a two-hour and 70-minute call on Thursday, their fifth call since Biden became president. From CNN, Xi offered an ominous warning to Biden according to China's version of events. Quote, public opinion shall not be violated and if you play with fire you get burned. I hope the US side can see this clearly, end quote, he told Biden, according to China's State News Agency. The issue has emerged as a serious point of contention as U.S. officials fear a more imminent Chinese move on the self governing island, and as potential visit by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi prompts warnings from Beijing and a concerted effort by the Biden administration to prevent tensions from spiraling into conflict. The White House's account of the call was less specific. On Taiwan, President Biden underscored that the United States policy has not changed. The United States strongly opposes unilateral efforts to change the status quo or undermine peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait, a U.S. readout read. From Politico, a source of tension in the background of the call was Speaker Nancy Pelosi's potential visit to Taiwan, a diplomatic trip that the White House is not happy about. Xi is also facing a sensitive time with the 20th Communist Party Congress coming up later this year. Any perceived cracks in the United States' commitment to the one-China policy could weaken his own influence. Xi underscored the need for bilateral coordination on macroeconomic policies to keep global supply chains stable and to maintain food and energy security. The call also covered COVID-19 policies. Both presidents tasked their respective teams to continue following up on Thursday's conversation, in particular to address climate change and health security. Okay, there's a lot of uh, things going on there in that call. can try to unpack it a little bit here, but it's, uh, there's a few things. I mean, what is uh, Biden's relationship to China? Is he compromised? Does China have something on him about his business dealings, Hunter Biden, There's that whole interplay going on there in the conversations. And that has to be taken in consideration too in all these negotiations and talks. This is why you shouldn't be doing business in countries as a politician because those influences can influence you in a very self-interest way. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the weakness of Biden. He's very weak. Xi can see that. And he can put pressure on Biden very easily because he's a laughingstock as far as the president that is very weak, very senile, very incompetent. And it's so obvious that it's easy for these dictators around the world to take advantage of our nation when we have a very weak president. Ronald Reagan's peace through strength rings clear to my ears, and that's the way Trump address China, and that's why he was able to keep them in check. Also, Russia using peace through strength. That's what needs to be done right now, but unfortunately, we have a very weak president. All right, headline number two, D.C. Mayor Calls for National Guard to Assist with Migrant Buses. From the Daily Wire, D.C. Mayor Mariel Bowser, Democrat, said Thursday that she has asked for the National Guard to be deployed to help handle the influx of illegal immigrants coming into the nation's capital. From Fox News, the mayor, who has championed accepting migrants entering the country illegally as a human rights issue, requested the D.C. National Guard be activated indefinitely to assist with with what she called a humanitarian crisis, end quote. Bowser is asking that the D.C. Armory be used as a processing center and National Guard resources be used to help field migrants as they arrive by bus. Migrants by the busloads have been sent to the Capitol by GOP Governors Greg Abbott of Texas and Doug Ducey of Arizona as a political statement over President Biden's handling of the immigration crisis at the southern border. Bowser has vocally complained about the migrant surge in her city, suggesting those entering the country are being tricked into coming to D.C., but stressed it is a federal issue that demands a federal response. From the Washington Examiner, once migrants are received at the armory, the mission would seek to help them on their eventual movement to their final destinations. Bowser wrote, this mission would begin as soon as possible and continue indefinitely until the city relieves them. She said, to be clear, I recognize the magnitude of this request, but the governors of Texas and Arizona are making a political statement to the federal government, and instead their actions are having direct impacts on city and regional resources in ways that are unsustainable. Well, boo-hoo-hoo for Mayor Bowser. Welcome to what everybody else in America is screaming about, is all these Thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people coming into the southern border, invading the cities on the southern border. Why do you think they're sending them to Washington, D.C.? They're fed up with it. They're trying to make a statement, obviously. And when uh, they come to your town and you don't like it, you start crying and whining about all the problems that these uh, migrants have in their city. Well, hey, it's happening in cities all around the, the country, so why don't you close the southern border? Why don't you talk about that? This is Democrats all over the country doing the same thing. So it's it's really a problem with the with the party, their radical ideas, the open borders issue, and it needs to be shut down. And I hope that those two governors continue to send those migrants to D.C. and puts pressure on them so that they can act and they can close that southern border because we can't have an open border. If we have an open border with no If we have an open border, then we don't have a country. All right, headline number one, Republicans criticize tax hikes of Manchin-Schumer deal. From Fox News, Republicans in Congress are racing to characterize the new spending bill being pushed by Democrats as out of touch with the American people as they work to try to defeat the more than $700 billion legislative package. Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, and Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, announced they had reached a deal Wednesday evening to move forward with a vastly pared back version of Build Back Better. The deal reached includes $433 billion in spending on climate change, drug pricing reform, and health care provisions, over $300 billion in tax increases, and an agreement between Schumer and Pelosi to vote on oil-permitting reforms. Republicans immediately started criticizing the deal after the announcement, calling it a desperate attempt to distract voters as the midterm elections approach and dubbing it Build Back Broke. Phil Kirpin, Mansion, a senator from West Virginia, has included a coal tax in his hike bill. Section 13901 increases the tax per ton on underground mines from $0.50 cents to $1.10 and on surface mines from $0.25 cents to $0.55. Cents. Spencer Brown, clearly the Democrats' agenda is more important to Schumer and Manchin than delivering solutions for the American people who are already suffering under Biden's economic policies. Denying the reality of what tax and spend policies have already created while seeking to double down on new spending and tax hikes will only further alienate voters who are just months away from deciding who gets to control Congress. So, yeah, Joe Manchin, uh, he caved in, caved in, and, and look what he did. He destroyed his own state. He raised those taxes by 100%, more than 100%, uh, from $0.50 cents on coal to uh, $1.10. That's more than a 100% increase. He did the same thing on surface mines. He's just a, uh, a liberal Democrat. He needs to be replaced. Those, those down in West Virginia need to, need to vote that guy out and get him away because he's just a big liar. He's just playing everybody. He was uh, opposing everything up until the last moment when he got all the limelight and all the praise and trying to influence him, and then he caved at the last minute. This is typical Joe Manchin. He's just another liberal Democrat. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Friday. July 29th, 2022. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next Monday on the Affirm America podcast. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.